Hi, this is Lon Strohshine, and congratulations on finding the Normal 40 podcast. If you found me, well, it wasn't by accident. This just might be the first day of the rest of your life. And I'd be honored if you'd join me on my journey, or better, let me join you on yours. Dude, if you're here, then it's clear we're going to be good for one another. And let's face it, the price is right for both of us. I'm going to see you on the next page, boss. Hi, and welcome to the Noma 40 podcast. My name is Adam Eaton, and I'll be one of your co-pilots on this journey. In this episode, we're going to learn more about the Normal 40 mission, the community, and the movement. And to do that, I've got the lead pilot, the founder, and frankly, a dude you need to know. His name is Lon Strohshine. And Lon, first off, thanks so much for allowing me, inviting me into your space. Can't wait to learn more about Normal 40 and learn more about you. Oh, thanks, Adam. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and look, let's be honest, this podcast wouldn't be dropping right now if it wasn't for you, dog. So thanks for thanks for grabbing the reins and and just being curious. Yeah, what I want to do a lot, I want to learn more about you, your background, your your history, and learn more about Normal 40. For those who are listening in, who are curious about what this concept's about, what this community is about, they've seen your content elsewhere. You know, I want them to really leave with an understanding of what it is that the Normal 40 community can do for them. So I'm excited to, to get started. And I have one very simple question for you off the top. What what is what does normal 40 mean? How'd you come up with that name? How did that become sort of the, the moniker for this movement? Yeah. So before I even get into that, I just want to frame up what you and I are doing for one second. Sure. And that is you and I don't know each other. We don't no. we don't have a history. Um we we just connected on a belief um that there's something different. There's something that's tugging at us and that we should, we should explore it. We should do something about what it is we're feeling, what it is that's talking to us. And we should just tap into that for a minute. And that's a call. That's an email. That's a, a tiny little action just to kind of open up the door to see where it goes. And that has led to this moment. The fact that we are having this conversation, it's the second time ever that you and I have talked, and we are going to start to have this, this dialogue that we're going to share with hopefully thousands of, of people um, around the world. That would certainly be my hope. And so what is the normal 40? It's kind of taking an action on those things that are tugging at us. This is a result of some things that you and I felt along our ways and brought us together in some random form or fashion. And we took action on it. And that's, that's what brought us here. So the normal 40 for me, I'm telling you, I'm 48, I'm 48. Um, and for me, it started really about the age of 44. And at the age of 44, I was doing great. I was riding high. I had a great, uh, I was a public company executive. I had been a public uh, company executive for more than a decade. I was making good money. I have and had a healthy marriage. I have and had a healthy family. Uh, I had a job that paid better than average. And I had way surpassed, blown out of the water, what I thought I would achieve in my lifetime. That is where I was at in life. But I would still walk into my office and I would I would sit down and I was doing good work. I was never lazy. I was never the bad employee, but I would still have this gnawing in the back of my mind where I'd say, all right, is this it? Is, and, and is this 
if I need to work for another 10 years to have enough, what I felt in, in my life at that time was enough to retire, is this it? And then I would kind of sit back and lean back in my chair. And then I'd say, well, damn it. If this is it, shouldn't I just be thankful? Shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't the fact that I've got this desk, I've got this wife, I've got these kids, I've got this family, I come from this place and I'm, contrib- I'm contributing to the world in this way. Shouldn't that just be enough for me to be thankful? And so what I would do is I, I, that guilt would override me. I'd kind of, you know, uh, shake my head a little bit, shake it off, say, all right, I'm over it. Back to work, I would go. And that would buy me, I don't know, four months, six months, maybe. And I'd find myself back in the same office in the same mood, sitting there after another quarter or two have gone by and be like, well, is this it? And I went through that. I went through that same pattern um, for years, honestly, years before I decided I've got to figure out what this is. I have got to figure out why I can't just be satisfied, why I think I need more. And for the first time in my life, more does not include more stuff. It doesn't include a bigger title and it doesn't include more money. And so I didn't even know what I meant or what I was thinking when I was thinking, I, I'm not, I, I'm not unhappy, but I'm certainly not happy. I know the best days of my life are in front of me, but I don't know yet how I'm going to live them. And that's how I started to get, that's how normal 40 started. I just started getting curious about what I was going through, what I was feeling. And then I created a process for myself because I'm a dude. Look, I could have went and asked somebody for help. I could have asked a mentor. I could have hired a coach. I could have done a lot of things. What did I do? I locked it up inside and I went and I got my coaching certification to figure myself out. That was, that's how it all started down this path of self-exploration when I was 44, a little over four years ago. And that's where normal 40 started. Every post you've ever seen me write is me talking to myself, my 44 year old self. That's it. What's interesting. So I'd love to understand the journey between your, your path of self-discovery and when and how you got inspired to say, hey, I think others can benefit from that too, right? Because it's one thing to say, I- I'm going to make a better path for my life. But what is it inside of you that you said to yourself, hey, I've, I've got something I need to share with the world? Because like you said, we're dudes. We're stubborn. You know, We don't share a lot sometimes. Feelings, emotions are hard to get out. What is it in you, inside of you, in your background or sort of the, the way that, that you're wired that made you go, no, I'm, I'm not bottling this up. I'm going to share this with others. I would tell you that I wish there was a big grand strategy that ends with a, a, a master plan and, uh, and an outcome that changes the world, but that is absolutely not how it started. Um, I'm, I've learned a lot about how I'm wired and some of it, some of it's not anything I want to brag about, you know, uh, when you, when you take a look inside and everything, every skill has, a, has a double edge. And, um, and one of the things that I realized through this process, well into this process though, um, was that I have a, a feeling inside of me. I've got something that rattles me, that, that fuels me, that compels me down a path of significance, things that allow me to feel like I'm accomplishing significant things. Now there's good and bad of that. The, the bad is when, when you're, when you rally around significance can be very egotistical 
It can be very, you know, I need to be the center of things. It can, it can come across as, as um, um, you know, all the things I guess I talked about, just ego and self-centeredness and all those things. And that's the downside. But significance when channeled is also spectacular. When, when, when you place significance on a desire to be significant for others and helping them to be successful and helping them to navigate a path that you have been on and that you feel they might benefit from, that's where significance, the, the, the push towards significance is beautiful and wonderful. And there is a balance and I have to balance that. But I showed up now to answer your question, what in the heck, where did this come from? Why did I start? Why did I feel compelled to do it? I knew I was going through something and, um, and I was learning a lot about myself and I was seeing the value in that. So what I do is I write, I'm a writer and usually I write to myself. Um, and so I sat down and I wrote a blog going back probably three years and the blog talks about all of the things I was feeling, you know, that I was, and we talked about a bunch of these, that I was successful, that I've, I've lived a blessed life. I have my own health. I've got health in my family. Um, I, I live in a wonderful home. I've made a good income, but it also talks about all the sacrifices I put in place to get here. I've also given up all of the nights and weekends. I've missed birthdays. I've been on red eyes coast to coast and around the world. I've been stranded in third world countries before unable to communicate. I mean, I've, I put in that time. I put in that time to get what I had. And I wrote about all that. And then the closing was, uh, in that same post was, I don't, I, I feel like I've checked all those boxes and what I'm after is something a little bit different. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is it. And I think that maybe I should, I should explore other things in my life. And essentially that's what the post said. And I took it and I handed it to a CEO friend of mine here in town, someone I trust and respect deeply. And I, I didn't put my name on it. I didn't put a picture on it. I just handed him the type document and I said, Hey buddy, read this. And we were, we were having a beer and he, you know, leaned back and he took the three or four minutes to read it. And he threw it across the table at me and he goes, who wrote this? And I, you know, right away, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm like, why? What's, what's the deal? And he goes, I want to know who wrote this because whoever wrote this is in my head. This is exactly how I feel. I said, what, you, you feel this way? You, you, you feel discontent about where you're at, Mr. CEO? And he's like, yeah, and I can't tell anyone about it. I want to know who wrote this so I can connect with him. I said, dude, I wrote it. And he said, you, Mr. Corporate Executive leading M&A, you wrote this? I said, yeah. And that was the first time that it, that it dawned on me that, wait a minute, this shit's normal, hmm. but nobody is talking about it. So now let's marry the two. I stumbled onto the fact that I was feeling some way. I, I had a, this... It wasn't even vulnerable because I didn't even put my name on it. Whatever. I, I, I shared a document with a dude. He became vulnerable. He's the one that said, I feel this way before I even did. And that's what gave me the safety to say, okay, there's something here on one hand. Now you've got how I'm wired. And I didn't even realize it then. Uh, but what, was, what, was, what compelled me to put that document in front of him was the desire to be significant for someone. And I knew how I was feeling and maybe he was feeling that way. And it turns out that he was. So those two things came together. My, my desire to do significant things, things that impact people significantly, and my ability to communicate that in written language. Um, 
is where normal 40 started. So then I started just dabbling things out on LinkedIn, really benign things that look nothing like the stuff I put out there now. But still, for me, that was really vulnerable to put my name. When I when I showed up to LinkedIn the first time and it wasn't, you know, kind of as Lon Strosha and the company executive sharing a corporate piece of branded material. And it was Lon Strohshine leaving a post about, hey, this is the farm I grew up on. And it taught me a million things about a million things. And I'm thankful for it. Those to, right now to most people that won't, that'll be like, well, that that's not a big deal. But your first post, the first time you show up as you to be you, when you've been known as someone else, that first time, man, that is something. And it will feel way more vulnerable than you thought it ever would and ever should, but it will be. And it was that, and it took me a long time to build, build my voice into what you see it as today. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that I can, I can relate with it in some respects, you and I, like you said, off the top, we had a, a, a brief conversation a few times via email. And uh, it's funny, uh, nobody really from my professional circle knows that you and I are doing this episode, doing this show together. And because to you, to me, this is a vulnerable moment that when this drops, people are going to hear my voice, see my name and go, well, that's interesting. I didn't, didn't have any insight in that too. So a, as much as this is an exciting project for me, there's a vulnerable moment because when this drops and people realize I'm a part of this movement and I'm part of this, you know, this energy that you're putting out there, you know, I'm curious the feedback I'll get from people as well. And I'm wondering when you first did that and you first got that feedback, was there a moment where you said, okay, it's full steam ahead. You know, I, I think anytime you do content, you create something, you do something, you get some really initial feedback, but there's always that wall moment where you go, can, can I keep this going forward? When's the time that you said, okay, I dabbled, seems to be working. Now, now I'm all in. Now I'm going to make sure that this is what, you know, what I'm going to dedicate my energy to going forward because first couple of times are easy, but after that fifth and sixth post and seventh post, then it becomes more of a grind. How did you not let it feel that way? How did you say to yourself, this is it, man, I'm, I'm full steam ahead. I'm behind the engine of this car, man. And I'm driving hundred miles an hour. It, the accelerator was pressed slowly. I mean, it mm -hmm. really was. Um, because I was still, you know, it, and, and you're going to discover this, man, you're going to, you're going to find out, um, that, that awkward excitement to, to be who it is you're capable of being. I mean, I, and I want you to think about that, the awkward excitement you feel, you just talked about it, uh, on your journey to becoming who it is you're capable of being. And you have no idea where this journey's going, man. You don't, I don't either. And I never I, I never claim to have known it. I think it's one of the things that draw people in. I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to sell a program. I'm not trying to sell anything other than awareness. And that's not even for sale. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to inspire people to wake up to it. So for me, what, what kept me going is um, people appreciated it. I would get, I would go out and I would post something. And the moment you hit post, on anything, your world changes a little bit. The moment this drops, whenever this drops, your world is going to change just a little bit. And you don't know if it's one degrees, 10 degrees, or 90 degrees, but it will change just a little bit. And every time I hit post, I knew my world was going to shift just a couple degrees. And I had no idea to what extent, but what happened as I did it and the more vulnerable I felt like I was, and the more kind of matter of fact, the more kind of in your face, matter of fact, and I was kind of, I went from just kind of theoretical to some jabbing, some, some punching, um, the more dudes showed up, 
and and they wouldn't show up. The fascinating thing, the fascinating thing for me was they wouldn't show up by hopping onto my post and hitting like or leaving a comment. They couldn't. It wasn't until later that I realized, well, these they can't. They can't leave their DNA on how they can't leave their DNA on my post that is going to reveal to anyone else who might see it how they're feeling. That is vulnerability. Just hitting like for most people is a vulnerable moment. That's the one degree of change that I'm talking about. It's too much. It's too vulnerable. So what were they doing? They were sending me emails. My direct, my DM and my LinkedIn, that's the only place I show up, was starting to fill up. And I was getting these notes and they'd be like, dude, where'd you come from? How did you know exactly what was in my head? You know, how did, how, how did you no, and then it was all the other questions about how do you know you had enough? How did you know it was your time to go? What did your wife say? How did you get her support? What do your kids think? I mean, all of these things. And I'm like, well, there's two things. One, I'm getting my reinforcement that there's something here that I need to continue to show up for. And it was fuel in my tank because I was wired to help people. And to, that made me feel significant. It's fuel. It became easy. And the other side of it um, was I could help. I had to have the conversations with my wife. I had to have the conversations with my kids. I had to quit a job. I had to prepare to do these things. I, and so I could just tell them exactly what I did and they could take it or leave it. And, uh, and so those, those continue to be the things. I, don't, I still don't know how I'm going to, I still don't know how I am going to turn this into a business that pays a mortgage, right? Now think about that. Sure. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm confident it'll come. And I'm curious to how it's going to turn out, but I'm months into this and I don't know exactly how I'm going to turn this into something that does what I need it to do. Just like anyone listening to this will eventually need it to do for them. And that's be turned from a passion that makes me feel significant. A skill that helps people through their journey has to also somehow come around to caring for my family, putting my kids through college. I've got all the same worries that you do. Whoever's listening to this, I promise you, my worries are no different. Zero, no different. It's just, I'm ahead. I'm doing it. And so that's why I can be a guide. I can show up as a lantern to kind of pop you into thinking about, hey, what am I doing? And then I can be a guide to show you how I did it. And you can choose to follow or not, but I can at least show up and show you how I did it. That's what keeps me going. When you think about this community, you think about, you know, the effort you're putting forth, what are the myths about what it is you're doing? I imagine some people have some preconceived notions or ideas about what you're building or even the strategy you put in place. What are the myths that you want people to understand about Normal 40, your community, and, and, and that sort of the blueprint that you're crafting um, day in and day out? Um, there's a myth that um, really smart people don't really go through this hmm. really career driven people don't take pause in midlife at their at the height of their career they don't stop they push through and there's a myth that if you can just grind out another 8 years and get to that number that you will ultimately find the happiness you want. And it's, these are myths. They are myths. And what I'm, what I, 
what I have discovered and what I'm reminded of, of every day, go just hop on some of my posts and look at the comments from the people that, that show up. And, um, they, they reinforce the fact that they are going through something. They can't articulate it. They can't diagnose it. They don't have many people they can talk to about it, if anyone. And they, they feel like they're, they are the problem because the myths are, you shouldn't do this. This isn't normal. You shouldn't be rethinking some of your, you shouldn't be rethinking the next 10 years of your life when you're at the height of your career. It's to them, it's, it's, um, it feels like failure this awkward failure when you're, when everything is perfect. So they lock it up and they bottle it up. And the first thing they do um, is somehow they show up on LinkedIn and they don't know it yet, but they're searching. If you're a dude who's shown up to LinkedIn, you've never heard of me and you're still listening to this podcast and, you know, 20 minutes in and it's resonating with you and you've ever been on LinkedIn. Next time you hop on, I want you to think, what are you doing here, man? You're searching for something. You are searching for something. You're either posting something about your company in hope that it, it delivers something to you. you. You're searching for a new job. You're searching for a new job for, for companies. You're searching for intelligence. You're searching to be smarter on a topic. Or you're searching for yourself. And you're hoping that something punches you smack in the face and says, well, maybe this is it. That's it. You're showing up. To, you're in search of something. And so, um, knowing that, uh, that's what, that's, that's where I connect with people. That's why I'm equal parts poppy and equal parts, just kind of reminiscent and they read it. It relates. I, it connects with them. And so the first thing they do isn't go home and talk to their wife. It isn't call their best friend and it isn't hire a coach. You know what the first thing is craziest thing in the world. I want to talk to this dude on the internet. I wonder how I can get his phone number. So he sent me a DM and then we talk. I said, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever rejected uh, an opportunity to talk to anyone, Emma, and I'm on my phone a lot now, but I'm safe, right? Who are you going to have a vulnerable conversation with? The safest person in the world, me, a guy you've never met, but a dude who's been through it, a guy who doesn't know your wife, a dude who doesn't know your best friend, a dude who doesn't know your boss, but a dude who does know what you're feeling, man, and can help you maybe connect some dots. So that's, those are the things that, that, that come up. Those are the myths. Here's the reality. If you're feeling like your best days are in front of you and you're feeling that it's not at your current job and you're feeling that you don't know what it is, you're my person. You're my people. You are the normal 40. Those are the ingredients. And by the way, man, give thanks to the fact you're feeling this way. You got two choices. You can be pissed off and grind it out and go look at the spreadsheet you built five years ago that says, if I make this much and I save this much, I can retire on this date with this much. You've got one. I promise you, you've got one. You can look, you can do that. And it might not be a bad option. I'm not here to talk you out of that. I'm saying that is an option or you can do something else. That too gets to be an option. And in that moment is the trade. You hear me talking about the trade. Normal 40 is about acknowledging who you are, taking an inventory of what you really want, and then trading for it or not. That's it. That is it. 
curious, when that first phone call takes place, someone reaches out to you, what are they looking for? What are they seeking? Are they seeking permission? Are they seeking validation? Are they seeking advice, counsel? What's the prevailing theory or, or feeling that you get in that first phone call or that first message that someone sends you? What are they looking for? What they're, I talk about the four, there's, there's four ways I show up to a phone call. Um, it's the, the guide, the guard, the lantern, and the key. And I will know in the first two minutes, which I need to be. Usually they've found me on LinkedIn and I show up on LinkedIn as a lantern. That's it. Imagine a lantern in a forest. Often that is you're on your path, you know where you're going. It's the same path you've been on for 15 years and you're on a path in a forest. But off to the side, all of a sudden there's a lantern. It's like, well, I wonder what the hell that's all about. What's going on over there? And that's how I show up on LinkedIn as a lantern. Usually by the time they call me, they're looking for a guide. They're like, look, you've been talking to me. You're resonating. There's something going on. I want to talk it out. I want to hear what you did. And maybe you can help me. What do I need to do next? And they're looking for a guide. Um, and then guard, I, I, I have to show up as guard and kind of across everything. And the guard is, look, I'm going to show up here when you're 40 something, maybe 30 something, maybe 50 something. And I'm going to guard you against getting 10 years older and saying, God damn it. I knew 10 years ago that I should have done ABC and I waited. Son of a bitch. I knew it and I didn't do anything. Now I regret it. I show up as a wake up call and a guard against that future feeling that's creeping in. So that's, that's three. And sometimes dudes are so close. They, sometimes they don't need a lantern anymore. They don't even need a guide. They've, they're up to the point where they need to make a trade and they just need a push. They need a freaking push. And I show up as a, as a, as a guard. I'm like, look, you still have to decide, man, but I'm telling you now that you're this close, you know what you want to do. You know, what fills you up. You know that you're willing to trade for it. You know, financially, you're going to be fine. You're curious enough to find out what it is. Your wife's on board. Your kids are on board. You're going to freaking regret this. If you wait another five years to finally say today's my day go. And then the last one's the key, man. Um, and I don't get to show up on phone calls as a key, but, but the key is uh, just the, the dude showing up to kind of take them all the way through the process and unlock who it is they're capable of being. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a super fun thing that, that's kind of the end result. Um, uh, they've made the decision, they've made the trade, and now they've, they've opened up the door to where they're going. And once in a while, those, I want a thousand keys. My life's, my life's mission, I know it. It's to help a thousand dudes write their second half story. And how am I going to know I've done it? I'm going to have a thousand thank you notes from a thousand people. It might be the dude. It might be their wife. It might be their kids. It might be their boss. A thousand lights of thank you. A thousand keys that say, you showed up in my life. You helped me in some way. You mattered. All right. What does that do for me? That's significance. That's it. It's not a, it's not a paycheck. It's a feeling. And that, that's why I keep showing up here. I know what it sees I'm here to do now. I didn't two years ago. I know who it is I'm here to help. I didn't two years ago. And I know how I'm going to do it. And I didn't two years ago. And I know what success looks like. A thousand keys. That's it. Success is an interesting concept, right? Because I, 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 I love and appreciate you've identified sort of your successor. But it's got to be a challenge when you're dealing with individuals who are looking for something 
but they all have unique definitions of success, right? Some people may have success by saying, I want to get a, a higher paying job. I want to get less responsibility. I want more time with my family. I want a different, you know, a, just a different way of thinking. How do you help people navigate to their success? Because it's not the same for every thousand people you talk to. And success can mean so many different things to different people. How do you help people, A, understand or define what their success is, but then also work through a thousand individual paths to get to that success? Oh, man. It's my favorite part of the process. Um, I've, got, I've got just a handful of one-on-one -on -one clients um, and I, I, that's intentional. I, I, I put a lot into the, the clients and I, I want deep, meaningful relationships with them. And, um, I tell them in the first eight meetings, you're going to wonder what in the hell I'm doing. I mean, why am I paying this guy to, to help me? But I, I frame it up a friend of mine, when I walked him through the process, he, he, he had the best word and I need to give him credit as much as I'd love to take credit for it. But he said, it sounds to me like you you, you're a farm kid and you're, you're out on a scavenger hunt. And he said, you take your clients on a ramble. And I'm like, yeah, man, we go rambling. And all I do for, and, and this is going to, I warn everyone, it's going to sound, it's going to feel like we're not getting work done until the moment I read back to you, what it is you just said to me over a course of a period of weeks. And it's a ramble. And so what does it, what does that look like? It's me getting so curious about the things that matter to you. And I, it's a conversation. Imagine yourself in a wide open field and there's trees and there's a junkyard and there's a farmyard and there's a skyscraper and all the randomness that's existed in your life. And we just start walking around and whatever you pick up to talk about that stone, that memo, that memory of a, of a high school incident, the people you used to talk to over here, uh, the volunteering work you used to do, the instrument you used to play, um, the, the conversations you didn't have with your parents, all those things come up on a ramble. And while they are non-sequential for the individual talking, they make perfect sense to me. And I put them in order and then I read it back to them over the course of time. And, you know, that's really hard to do in a, in a one hour paid consultation. That's why it, it takes six months in a paid one-on-one -on -one program. But in those first two months, in those eight meetings, that ramble, they didn't tell me, I didn't diagnose for them what they, they care about and what their second half story needs to, should maybe entail. I didn't. All I did was led with my ears and my curiosity. They laid out in front of themselves what it is that they too are curious about, that they love, that fills them up, that inspires them, that makes them cry, that makes them laugh. It draws up all the emotions. And the more I can lead them down paths that bring up emotion, the closer we are to something that's a second half story. And I let a ramble go as long as it needs to. And then we draw a chalk line and we put a mission around it. And then we start building up. How are we going to, how are we going to live a life of this mission? Your mission might change in a day, a year, a uh, a decade, but the elements of what make you happy won't. And, uh, and that's the process. 
as I think through and I've read all your posts and, and I've been a consumer of your content for a while, like, like we talked about, you and I have had some conversations uh, in the past. And I, I think the one element that is always very interesting to me when you think about this journey, right? You, you take yourself through the life cycle you've described. You're showing up every day to work. You're showing up every day to what it is that you do. And you recognize there's something inside of you. And then you find the lantern, right? Your content or something that kind of inspires you. And you say, all right, this is an interesting path. I want to explore this. And, and what I found is that first initial jolt, it's like an energy drink, right? You slam a Red Bull and you're like, woo, I'm ready. Cause you got that jolt. You got that energy. I've met somebody who's got this content. This sounds great. Right. And just like any Red Bull, you drink one and you're like, all right, I'm going to sleep. You drink a second one. You still have that jolt, but, but the buzz wears off the energy wears off. And then the doubt creeps in. So somebody's listening to you and they're like, I'm going to do this, man. I am all in. This is my lantern. This is my journey. I'm on this path. They drink that Red Bull. And then, then they, they peter out. They get tired and that doubt creeps in and they say, you know what? This is too hard. I'm just going to show back up to work on Monday. I'm just going to go back and do the nine to five. I'm going to do that whole thing again. How do you help people or how do you advise people when that doubt moment comes, when that Red Bull wears off and that initial endorphin rush of energy around the excitement of the future is all of a sudden, you know, just tampered down by the realities of the present? How do you get people through that stuck moment? What what do you tell or how does how does normal 40 help someone in that regard? Yeah, man, what you're talking about is the guard. That's mm -hmm. where I need to show up as the guard. Um, and it's such a great point and such a good question because it could still happen to me. And uh, it's, it's doesn't appear like it's any time in the future, but here's, I just want to make this simple point. I'm just a dude, man. And there is, there is nothing uniquely special about me. I've got a cool story, but I'm a South Dakota farm kid who, who had equal parts, if not overweighted luck happen um, to kind of guide my path to, to where I am versus anyone else who's listening. I mean, I'm just, so I, I don't, I don't want anyone to look at me like, um, and what I'm doing and what I've done is, as something that isn't possible for them. Um, and I understand why you would two years ago, I would have, I get it. I get it. Believe me, I get it. Um, but for me, something happens when you take this first action. I think something happens the first time somebody talks to me. I never did that. I, I wasn't smart enough to say, oh, here's a dude I should talk to. No, I went out and tried to self-diagnose myself when it took me four years. I like to think that by the time somebody's called me, they this is their action. Okay. This is their action. I feel like my job on that call is to help them understand a bunch of things. One, they've taken an action. The thought of them saying, I wish I would do something about this now is done. They have. This phone call is an action, okay? So let's do something with that, okay? So by the time we get done with that phone call, I've usually given them a one tiny homework assignment. Call, one, call this person and ask them what they're doing on this project. That's it. And what happens, hopefully, is you just build some momentum. And the moment you start getting clarity on who it is you want to be, and that takes some time, something happens in you. Um, you. You get this kind of awakening. The energy, you remember, you remember when you were 38, 
or 28, the energy you used to have versus when you're 48, you know, sure, some of that's age, but some of it is just being on autopilot. And when you kind of shake yourself, I am a pilot, right? And you know, you go through all the sequence, you, you open the hangar door, you get the plane out, you do the pre-flight, you do the, you follow the checklist, you taxi, you wait for tower, you taxi over, you do your run up. Finally, you take off, you, you do all, you've done so much freaking work. And then you hit autopilot, you're cruising at 8,500 feet. And it takes about, you know, so you hit autopilot and you feel the relief of that. It's like, all right, now I'm, now I'm getting somewhere finally. And about three minutes later, I'm like, well, this is freaking boring. I'm just sitting. I'm not flying. I'm sitting. The same thing happens in the real world, man. The same thing happens at your job. I don't think you lose energy because you're uh, lazy, you're aging. Yeah, I'm sure. I know all that stuff does have an impact. But I think the greatest impact, the greatest impact for me was when I started to get curious about who it was I was capable of being, who it was I was capable to help, and what skills I have to bring to those people who need that help. This is all the things we're talking about. My energy level started to step up. I was starting to feel alive again. I was starting to get that feeling back that I used to have because I was curious about where in the hell my life was going, just like I was when I was 38. Certainly like I was when I was 28. This, this curiosity about what the day is going to bring Versus the curiosity about what my day when I was an executive was going to bring. I knew what that was going to bring. Problems, chaos, slow solutions, grind. I mean, those are, that isn't a bad thing about a company. That's just kind of how it is. And so my energy started to come back. My point is when you start leaning into what it is you're feeling and start exploring it and answering it, you get energy to explore and answer it. It doesn't take away. It isn't this thing that now you have to work on. And if you stay consistent at it, and not everybody does, man, I'm here to mm-hmm. tell you, they will get it. They'll like, ah, I, tough quarter. I got to buckle down. They'll get off the treadmill and they'll lose that energy. But here's what happens. One year later, they come back like, damn it. I should have done this last year. Two years later, they come back. And eventually they get to the point where they get to that trade and they make it or they accept, forget it. I'm going to live with the regret. I understand it. I understand what I'm doing. I understand the potential consequence. I'm doing it anyway, but at least they made the choice. At least it was intentional. My hope is somebody is listening to you right now, Lon. It's been 30, 40 minutes of this episode and they're listening to you and they're hearing all these things. They haven't reached out to you yet. They've been creeping on your posts on LinkedIn a little bit, right? They've been reading some stuff. They found this in the podcast feed. They hit the play button and they've stuck in for 40 minutes, but they're still skeptical. They're not sure what to do next. They're in that stuck moment, right? They're in that opportunity where they say, I think I want this change. I think I want to do something different, but I'm scared. I'm, I don't want to be vulnerable. I'm concerned about the, the backlash. How could I do that to my, my family, my friends, my loved ones, my coworkers, So they're stuck right now, but they're listening and they're encouraged and they're inspired right now. What would you say to that person who's listening to you, who's got that feeling, got that emotion as they listen to you talk about what it is that you experience and what it is that, that your process and your community is trying to build. First, what you're feeling, you need to not wish it away. Okay. Whatever you're feeling, that discontent, that, that 
I'm not unhappy, but I sure as heck am not completely happy. I am doing good work, but it's not my life's best work. I've got so many gifts that I don't get to use every day. And I would love to find a way to put them to work. I'm, I've raised a wonderful family and I've lived my life by the book, but I need an adventure. All of those things, man, these are all the, these are all the doorways into the normal 40. When you're feeling that, give it thanks. It's there for a reason. So that's one, don't wish it away. And the way to do that is to get curious about it. Look at if, if, um, two things. Get curious about that feeling and, and however you deal with that, start dealing with it. I'm a writer. I started writing about it. If you got to call me, call me. You got to talk to a friend, talk to a friend, talk, you know, talk to your wife. The sooner you bring your wife into how you're feeling, the better the conversation goes if, and when you want to make a change. And I got a story to tell about that another time too, but bring, explore it, not from a place of concern, not from a place of judgment. Just get curious. Well, what's that? What is that? What do I, what do I really not? Why don't I really not want to go to work today? Why do I, why, why do I really not want to have this one-on-one meeting with my boss? Why, why do my, why do I get into the garage and bust through the door as a grump ass? What, why is that? Get curious about it so that you can understand it. So that's, that, that's rule number one, show up to what, accept it as a gift. Rule number two, Give it your curiosity because it's going to require it. The only way you get through this is to show it your curiosity. Three, um, you can join my group on LinkedIn. It's not a, it's not a paid group. I'm look, it's not a moneymaker for me, but I'm telling you the way to feel normal, the way to think about how to have a conversation, the way to get curious about it is to find a group going through it, man. And the people who show up in my group are going through it. We're going, I'm going through it. I'm just ahead of you, man. So that would be one. And you can also reach out to me. I'll tell you my, my ability to get on calls are out a number of weeks, but I'll do it, man. I promise you, if you listen to this podcast and you want to talk to just a dude who's doing it, I'm not selling you anything. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just a lantern, man. I just want to get you started. All I want to do is inspire you. If you're looking for that inspiration and you want to talk to somebody who's doing it, you want to fit into a community, there's, those are your options. That's funny. I'll tell our, our story really quickly, if you don't mind, Lon. So I, I, love it. I, I'd seen your content um, floating around the internet. Like I said earlier, I was kind of creeping around and you said that earlier, I was reluctant to hit that like button. I was reluctant to hit that comment. I was reluctant to do that stuff because all of a sudden it pops up on my feed and all of a sudden everyone who knows me goes, Adam, like this. I wonder what that means. What's, what's that about, right? So I, I crept on your content for a while. And then I don't know if you recall this, I sent you an email and I said something to the effect of, sounds interesting, what is, what's next? And you responded, probably a day and a half later, you responded and you said, that's up to you. And that was it. There was no sales pitch. There was no sign up for this and you'll get this. There was no, hey, read my book. There was, there was no, there was nothing on your end. It was a simple, that's up to you. And I looked at that email for a long time and I thought, how do I respond to this? What do I even, how do I even say that? What, what do I, how do I even work this? And I'll tell you what, it got me more and more curious about you. And it got me thinking about what is next and what is it that I want? If I had to write back an email to you, what do I want it to say? And how would that work? And I think for people who are, 
you know, listening to this and they're saying, I'm going to send him a note and he's going to try to sell me some, you know, brochure and, you know, he's going to you know, make me buy a timeshare. None of that happens, man. It was, you had a, a simple response back. And that's where I think this approach is so interesting and why it resonated with me is you weren't, in my opinion, just, just as a, as a dude talking to you, you weren't trying to help me. You were trying to get me to help myself. And I think it's that, you know, that age old proverb, right? Teach a man to fish versus, you know, uh, catch a fish for him, right? You were like, hey, I'm not going to give you the answer, dude. I don't know. That's up to you, man. Like you reached out to me. What do you want for me? And, and I thought that was really interesting. And, and I, I think, you know, that approach really resonated with me. And I suspect that you have that same sort of approach and outreach with everybody else who, uh, who's also in your DMs or also in your inbox. Oh man, that's a cool story. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even recall that response, but I, I, I do, you nailed it though. Let me just say that that's the key. You nailed it. I don't have your answers. You don't have my answers, but I know what I've gotten good at is I've gotten good at asking you questions. That ramble, that's not an accident. There's a process there. Everything I described in that field, your future is in there somewhere. And, um, and that's, that's, a, that's not for me. It's not even my field. I'm just, I'm just your co-pilot, man. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a process that works. Um, it, it's a process that stimulates curiosity. And it's a process that brings you back to who you used to want to be. Um, and it's, it's helped marriages, it's helped relationships with kids, but I don't have the answers. And that's your point. And I'm never going to act like I do. I don't have your answers. Shit, most days I don't have my answers. <laughs> that's why I keep showing up curious. And, uh, and I know the answers are going to find me. So long as I show up every day, I take every call that comes at me. I help every person who's asking for it how I make this work over the long run and turn it from an experiment on LinkedIn to something greater, whatever that looks like, I'm curious about, and I'm showing up for it. What counsel would you give? And I thought it was interesting. You brought this point up, right? Is, you know, people are going through things and there's obviously a vulnerable moment, but when that time comes and you, and you confide in some of your closest friends, maybe a business colleague, maybe your spouse, maybe, maybe your children, whoever you confide in, and somebody's listening to this right now and they're, maybe they're okay. And I'll put it okay in air quotes, right? Cause that's a relative term, but they know that their friend, their, their fellow, you know, coworker, their loved one is not, how does someone who isn't going through this support somebody who is? Because I think that's a really interesting concept you talked about is that support system. How, how should, if I'm the spouse and, and, and my spouse comes to me and says, I'm, I'm feeling this way, I'm doing this. I, I think a lot of times that support system is just as important as that person being curious and, and showing up every day. What counsel, what advice, what, what feedback do you give folks who are you know, thinking about somebody else and how, you, how they can support somebody who's having these same feelings and emotions? I actually get reached out to by a lot of spouses, actually. And uh, they, they'll tell me, hey, I'm sharing your stuff with my husband because I think he needs it. Um, and I don't know how to help them. I don't. Because until that dude is ready, um, and until the words that I'm putting down, that lantern, until he's, until he's ready to take his eyes off of his own path and bother to consider that there might be, it might be a bad path 
And by the way, he might be tromping all over the things he loves in life most, and he doesn't know it because he can't see it. Until he can see that lantern, I don't know how else to show up. I don't, I don't know how else to connect with them. I offer to them. Um, I offer to, usually it's the wife. Uh, in fact, every time it's, it's, been, it's been the wife who's reached out to me. I've offered to do anything they ask. I said, I'm, you can schedule a call for us and I'll be on. They may or may not. I'll give it my time. Um, but I said, ultimately, you know, you, you guys um, might have more of a marriage counseling need than a life uh, fulfillment need. And I'm not that guy. So that's one, you know, it's, it's really hard. I, uh, I can, I think you're doing it right by trying to say, Hey, look, this resonates with me. Uh, husband, I found this and it resonated with me where I'm at on my journey. Tell me how it resonates with you and just, you know, something that benign and keep trying to feed him that way. Uh, and I think that's better than, you know, trying to tag him on a post or something that's, that's, that's over the top. But I think um, the, the few times it's worked, that's been the advice, print it out and set it down. Like it's something you're interested in. They'll get interested in it and they'll wonder why you're interested in it. And boy, what a great way to have a conversation. So um, there again, it goes back to curiosity, print it out. Sit down. So that's, that's one way to do it. Um, and I hope you're the other second part of that is what if it's not your spouse and it's a friend, be a friend, man, tell them what you see. You know, part of being a friend isn't golfing together. I mean, it can be sure that is an element. That's a, uh, and it's having a drink together or coffee together or fellowship together. I don't care. Those are all things friends do, but friends also show up and have tough conversations, conversations that are intimate. Talk about what dudes are going to have an intimate conversation. I tell you what, you want a real friendship, have a friend show up to you and say, dude, you don't, you don't look like you used to, you used to be happier. What do you? here's a dude I came, this is a dude I follow. It's making me think about things. You should, I don't know. I'm not suggesting he's your guy or not, but it worked for me. Give him a follow, be a friend. And, uh, and you just might save a life, man. Uh, and I don't want that to sound dramatic and it probably did. And I wish I could retract it, but you actually might, you might not save a heart, a beating heart. That's not what I mean by save a life, but you can save the life they're living uh, and, and put it into context. And that's what friends need to do. Well, and I appreciate you sharing so much about your journey, about your movement, about what inspires you and giving folks out there some insight to, to give them some thought. Where, where else can people follow along and consume some of the things you're putting out? So for those who've, who've heard your information here today, and they're curious about how they move forward. Obviously, hopefully this podcast will continue forward and we'll continue to put out some content you can, you can consume, but it's a, it's a, you know, instant gratification society. Someone's going to hit the stop button and go search something right now. Where can, where can they find you? What's the best way they can get in touch with what it is you're working on? Yeah. I don't show up in a lot of places. I don't. Um, so as of this, I'm going to have a podcast. That's pretty exciting. Um, but really I show up in two places. Normal 40 is where you find my content. Uh, all right, um, excuse me, LinkedIn is where you find my content. And then there's two places in LinkedIn. You can just follow me and you'll get my content most, most every day of the week. And that's how most people get to me. Um, just remember though, if there's ever anything you can be vulnerable, vulnerable enough to like, it actually helps me reach more dudes. Uh, and that's the hardest part about the universe I have. The only way to spread my message is when somebody chooses to spread it. And it's a group of 
of individuals who just can't. And I get it. I get you can't. But to, if there's ever one where you feel like, hey, I can, or you can just send a link to, to your friend and say, hey, follow this cat. That's helpful. Two, inside of LinkedIn, I did something unique. I created a closed group. You're not going to find it by searching for it. You're not going to Google find it. Uh, find it on a Google search. And uh, you have to be invited in. Or let me say it differently. You have to ask to get in. And that's a private private group inside of LinkedIn where people can come in and you can have the conversations you wish you could have on big LinkedIn with only the people in that group. Nobody else, in, you have to be in the group to know it's there. You have to be in the group to know, uh, to be part of the conversation and to read what's going on in the group. And I show up there differently. And in addition to how I show up on regular LinkedIn. So that's something I usually put that link on the bottom of a number of my posts once or twice a week, I'll put that. That'll be your, that's your, there's your lantern. Go click on that. That will send your permission to me. And once a week, I'll let dudes in and then you'll, you'll get in and uh, go from there. The other one is normal40.com. It's, it's, uh, it's where I'm going to start putting more and more and more of my content. Um, but those are, those are really the two places. And then lon at normal40.com. Um, that is a, that's a way to, to reach me if you're interested in getting on a, getting on a short call and seeing what we can wrestle through going a little ramble. The good thing about this podcast too, is if you're listening to this out here, you can, you can send this to a friend, a colleague, uh, you put your, you put your headphones on and no one ever knows what you're listening to. Uh, you can, you can hear all about different things. So if you like what you're hearing here, uh, do us a favor, share it with a friend, share it with a colleague, share it with somebody that you think would benefit from hearing the story and, and being a part of this journey as well. We'll keep showing up here as long as you'll keep showing up here. One more thing. I want to be clear that this is not my podcast. I am not, you and I, Adam, we're not showing up here for Adam and Lon. We're not. Neither one of us are. If there's something, if this resonated with you, share it. That's, that's who we're showing up here for, the people we don't know. And two, if there's something you want us to wrestle with, tell us. I mean, we want to, we don't, I don't want to sit here and talk about shit you don't want to hear about. That's not, that, who wants that? If you've got something in mind that's topical, that's, that's key, that's something you're wrestling with, chances are really damn good. I'll take it on. I might not get it right, but I'll at least talk about it and I'll put it out there for people to, to think about. And, uh, and so let us know if you want to, if you do nothing else, email us the topics that, that would, uh, that would resonate with you and, and let us, let us sequence that into a conversation. Yeah, you can uh, you can follow along. You can find us on on LinkedIn again. Join Lon's group. Hit him with an email as well. Uh, we we'd love your feedback. This is this is your show. It's not our show. Uh, so the content is driven by you. We've got some fun ideas. We got some things we want to talk about. But we we you know we want to hear from you as well. So follow along. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, thanks for showing up today. Keep showing up. We're uh, we're happy to be your co-pilots on this journey. But buckle up. Enjoy the flight.